Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Ken Apsack and this is Daily Thrones, a quick look at the world of ice and fire. And I was uh, rolling around in Star Wars news as I do as the co-host of Force Center and uh, contributing member to Collider Jedi Council. Uh, big news today. Well, not big news if you're not in the Star Wars bubble, but they started releasing some information from an upcoming book called A Certain Point of View, taken from Obi-Wan Kenobi's From a Certain Point of View line, of course, and it covers 40 stories from 40 different authors in honor of Star Wars A New Hope's 40th anniversary, and it's based on characters in and around that time period, small characters, big-time characters, important characters, uh, and I'm looking forward to this book. It's an interesting book. It's an interesting take. It is the galaxy from a lot of different point of views. Hey, that's why their title works. And it got me thinking, would you guys like that for Game of Thrones? I, mean, I gotta imagine we would. That kind of fits into our mentality. George R. R. Martin did a great thing when he chose to tell the story from point of view characters. Most of them, especially uh, early on in the books, are the main characters. It's it's, it's the characters that you would expect to follow. Later on, some different points of view do come into play. The points of view, point of view characters change, which by the time, really, when you notice it in the fourth book, which is drastically different in terms of characters than the other books, uh, it's actually a welcome change. I like it. I like the world from a point of view of other characters. But would you be interested? Now we want George to finish the other books. But let's say he has time. Let's say he lives till he's, he's 100. Would you be okay with him? writing a book, an anthology of stories from the point of view of minor characters. Some that maybe we haven't met yet. Some that we uh, definitely know. Like, for instance, Hot Pie and their time at Hall. Maybe you'd like to hear his version of it. Uh, would you like to hear um, someone from The Veil watching Tyrion in the trial by combat with Bronn? Would you like to hear a soldier in the Lannister army during the Battle of Blackwater riding up next to Lannisters and Tyrells to save the day? I'm sure you would. It sounds good just hearing it. So maybe we can pitch it to George. Maybe he can get this started. There's been other little stories. There's other definitely things inside the Game of Thrones world in a Song of Ice and Fire world told from different points of view and different characters. I know those exist and we follow different things, but I want just an anthology of all these stories told. From different points of view within the Game of Thrones world, as what, what Essos, Westeros, other lands. I love it when you start to hear about the big events, but from the point of view of these small characters. They do it well sometimes in the Star Wars comics. There was a Dark Horse series a couple years ago called Rebel Heist, a short four-part uh, issue run, four-issue run, and it told a story of Han, Leia, Chewbacca, and Luke. From the point of view of someone else in the Star Wars gal- galaxy who was on the small scale, a uh, little rebel soldier, uh, someone working on a you know with a bounty hunter, all these stuff. It was, and those characters were spoken as if they were legends, they were famous, there were celebrities in their time. Now those stories, those four issues aren't canon anymore, but it was one of my favorite things to come out of the Dark Horse comics for Star Wars, and I could see that 
in Game of Thrones, it would be very interesting to see the world, to see the events that we know. Maybe that's how we see Hall through the eyes of, uh, of uh, you know, uh, someone who, who, who was at, uh, at Hall on the sidelines. Maybe, uh, maybe someone who, you know, was in Barristan Selmy's camp, but not necessarily Barristan Selmy. You know what I mean. A good squire story. That's what we need. Guys, let me know. Pitch your stories. What stories, what characters would you want to hear if Game of Thrones was told from a different point of view? Hey, Ken. This is Vic from New York. I've been re-watching old Game of Thrones seasons lately to help pass time, and it's really made me appreciate all the characters more. However, one thing that worries me is the risk that certain characters might lose a bit of their identity and not act as we've known them in the final six episodes as we race to the finish line. The most obvious example I can think of is probably Daenerys, who they've built up over the last seven seasons as this strong, powerful female leader and might now run the risk of giving her a back seat in uh, season eight, especially now that they've introduced this romance angle with her and John and the potential of them having a child together. So I just love to hear uh, your thoughts on the topic. Love what you do. Great call from Vic about characters and who they are and the choices they make and how sometimes HBO's Game of Thrones can have the characters make choices we don't think they should make, especially if you're a Song of Ice and Fire devotee. Now, sometimes the show's just got to change things. they got to move the stories along faster, take different uh, uh, directions. That, again, I know that's not what Vic is talking about, but he's, he cites the example of, say, Daenerys Targaryen. Maybe she starts making different uh, choices uh, that would put her in the back seat to Jon Snow or Aegon Targaryen, the 6th-7th. In season eight, and I understand what he's saying. There is a, a risk of that, a risk of Danny suddenly now having to not bow to John because John's actually bowing to her. But how can they strike the balance? This is a song of ice and fire. Are they the song of ice and fire, or is it just John because of his parents? Which both ideas make sense, and maybe both are true. So let's hope Danny keeps making strong decisions and she doesn't fall behind John, that this remains their story. I understand what Vic is saying to that, and it's happened before. Um, Jon Snow, Season 6, Battle of the Bastards. I think a lot of the decisions in that battle were just stupid from John, which might have been fine, and maybe it's impulsive. Maybe that's the lesson John learned, and that's what he's uh, learned uh, and, and put into play in Season 7, except for, you know, he decides to go north of Wall with a small group of uh, all-stars to, to, to capture a white. So maybe John didn't learn the lessons. But I remember watching that battle, and, and I, I know a lot of people there were like, that, that just doesn't seem like a decision John would make. And sometimes maybe that's where the show falls short. I still love the show. I'm one of the more other people that celebrates it, even when others hate it. But there are, there's times when uh, you know, Arya has made some decisions that it doesn't seem to fit the, the, the character that we've known just seems to fit the story that's the danger in any writing you don't want to do that your character should drive the story the story should not drive the characters and Ari and Sansa this season got a lot of people thinking that there it turned out a little different it seemed to be more of a, a, a ruse between them but it, it definitely raised some questions about who are these characters Sansa makes a lot of decisions that people um, 
don't feel happy about. And I understand because we're building Santa up in a certain direction. And all of a sudden she makes a decision that doesn't seem to be in line with that growth. And that's, I think, what Vic is meaning, uh, if I'm taking the uh, call correctly there, about Danny in Season 8. Let's hope she still makes the decisions that are, have made her Daenerys Targaryen, Mother of Dragons. What do you guys think? Let me know here on Daily Thrones. So this is Drew over at Life in Exchange. I am a Game of Thrones watcher. I've tried to read some of the books, but honestly don't have time. But I've enjoyed the series and this podcast as well. Um, I'm calling in just because I have to share a story. I've got a friend who's watching through this for the first time, and he just finished up season five. And so I just basically asked him, hey, man, what's your favorite storylines? Like, what are you into right now? So he lists all the different things. All was great. And then he said, but my favorite person is Hodor. He has no idea what's headed his way. And I, I'm really torn because I kind of want to warn him, warn him, but I also know it's about to get, he's about to have heartbreak. So, oh man. Drew from Life in Exchange with a heartbreaking story. And I think we've all been there at one point or another. If you've watched Game of Thrones long enough, if you watched it a few times over, if you read the books or part of the books, at some point, you know a plot point. You know a storyline that someone else in your life who's trying to catch up or trying to get into Game of Thrones, you know that it's, well, they got heartbreak on the horizon. For Drew, is his buddy saying Hodor is his most favorite, most beloved character eh, prior to season six. And it's tough. What do you say? Do you warn them? Do you warn them? You can't, right? Just the basic decency, the thoughts will be on spoilers. You want them to experience it for the first time. Uh, I had that recently. My girlfriend had, had watched Game of Thrones, but it stopped after a while. And wanted, we wanted to make sure she was caught up going into season seven. So she uh, had the same type of thing about Hodor. I knew Hodor was coming. And she experienced that death, took it very hard. And it was, I could have warned her. Could have She was kind of upset. You, I, you didn't even give me a hint. I didn't want that. I wanted her to experience it. I had that most notably. I was in Las Vegas during season four. I was out there for an event. And me and one of my best buddies went up to my hotel room to watch season four, episode eight, The Mountain and the Viper. My friend, who was a police officer, is a police officer and a pro wrestler and a, and a tough guy and a guy who believes in vengeance and, and justice and making sure the bad guys get put away, was all in on Ober Martell. He believed his cause. He believed justice would be served, and he knew the mountain would die. Just believed it. At this point, I had already I'd read the books by this point. I'd caught up past the show. And I knew what was coming. I didn't think, I never doubted for a second that HBO would change that result. I knew that's what would happen. Did I, did I tell him? I couldn't. I wanted to. I wanted to brace him for impact. But I knew, I knew he had to experience this. And because I hadn't seen the episode myself, I couldn't have been 100% sure. The show has changed some things. If I'd said, hey, stand by, Obrin dies, and then suddenly they change it in the show, it looked like a fool. And it would have been a false, uh, a false journey, a false emotional journey for him. I wanted him to, uh, wanted to know uh, and experience it, and we did. And when that episode ended, and even if you know it's coming, even when I rewatch the episode now, and I've seen that episode ten times at least, 
I get sad. I feel it. Well, imagine that for the first time. And 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 my friend Paul, this was his favorite character next to Jon Snow. He had so taken to Oprah Martell, loved Oprah Martell. He couldn't move for 10 minutes. He sat there in the silence in my hotel room. We'd watched on my iPad because that's the only thing that we could get working. It was so sad. It made it that much more hard. But you know what? If I had to do it all over again, I would do it the same. I want him to experience all the emotions in that moment, just like I knew were coming, just like I had experienced with Ned Stark, the Red Wedding, all of those things. You have to kind of just let them experience it. Now, if you videotape it a little bit, I understand. It makes for a good, 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 good video clip, right? A big viral hit. Guys, have you ever warned anybody? Have you ever had to warn anybody? I'm sure we've all felt like it, but have you had to do it? And what was the moment? And what was their reaction? And have you ever been in trouble for not warning anybody? Let me know here on Daily Thrones. Don't forget to favorite the station so you don't miss a broadcast. And share online. Please do me that favor. Share the podcast link or share a segment link, especially if you call in and I respond and you want to get your uh, your voice out there. Let everyone know that you're listening to Daily Thrones. You can find me on Twitter at Ken Napsuck and use that hashtag Daily Thrones. See you guys. We'll talk to you tomorrow.